What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Raptors Rapture Podcast. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the newest episode of the Raptors Rapture Podcast. As always, remember to rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Twitter, go to our website. We have new stuff every single day. It's just me on this one, your host, Hunter Surplus. And I'm just going to react to how I feel about Pascal Siakam being named as an all-star starter by the fans, players, and the media. Obviously, it's Pascal Siakam's very first time being an all-star, and that would make it his first time being an all-star starter as well. But I think it's going to be the first time of many. Obviously, we've seen the jumps in his career going from a important bench guy to a guy who had to be sent down to the D-League and won finals MVP and D-League MVP down, down there, and then jumping to a part of a really, really good team, being part of the bench mob, and then being you know the second or third best player on a championship team last year, obviously winning the Most Improved Player Award in that season. And then this year, he's jumped to the number one option on a really, really, really good team in the Toronto Raptors. His numbers right now throughout 34 games thus far, he did miss 11 due to an injury, but his numbers thus far are really, really good. 23.5 points, 7.6 rebounds, 3.5 assists on just under 37% from the three-point line, 45% from the field, and 81.6% from the free throw line. There's only three players right now in the NBA who have more than 23 points, more than seven rebounds, and a three-point field goal percentage above 35%. And those three players are Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Obviously, Raptors fans are very familiar with him. Carl Anthony Towns and Pascal Siakam in there. So that's a pretty solid club to be in. A very, very versatile bunch there, obviously. Carl Anthony Towns plays like a wing, being seven feet tall. Kawhi Leonard, we know he's one of the best of the game. And Pascal Siakam being in that bunch is is very encouraging for a lot of Raptors fans. So 
there's no doubt in anybody's mind that he's had a good season. The only buffer of him potentially being an all-star starter was the fact that he did miss 11 games. So here's how he got voted in. He ended up third overall in front court voting just behind Giannis, obviously, who kind of pulled away with that one, and Joel Embiid, who ended in second. He was second in the fan vote for front court players, and obviously second overall as well, just because the front court players were getting so much more love than the backcourt guys. But he got just under 3.3 million votes. So the fans really showed up for him. I don't know if that's a a part of, you know, the Raptors fandom growing across Canada, across the world, wherever it might be. But, you know, he was put on notice for sure when guys like Bill Simmons and and Zach Lowe have been giving him so much love so far this season. The ringer pretty much everywhere has been really giving uh, Pascal Siakam a, a whole lot of love throughout the whole year and I'm sure you know the fans took notice not only from from those guys but even looking at his numbers and seeing him a little bit more on the the house of highlights the bleach report all that stuff he was third in player voting and then fourth in the media vote so like I said that that whole thing adds up to third overall in front court voting so for the most part it it seemed like you know the the players and the fans uh, really wanted Pascal Siakam to end up being in that all-star starting role just because of his season thus far, his his jump. And, you know, when the when the players vote somebody that high, you really have to think, you know, they do respect him. They Not only do they respect him, but they also like him. They like how he plays. He He's a, a tough guy to guard. He's the one that, you know, the coaches are always talking about in the locker room before the game. So, I think that that's really telling as to how far Pascal Siakam has come, getting recognized so heavily by by the players and obviously, like I mentioned, the fans there. Because you know that's how you know when a a player has really turned into a I I don't necessarily want to say superstar quite yet, but is on the verge of that superstardom is when the players are recognizing it and the fans because you know the media you know they they love the advanced analytics and they love they love the the eye test and and the stuff that you know, maybe the the players don't really understand as much, but the players get the, the physicality test and they're actually up against him, you know, night after night. And if you're in the Eastern Conference, you play him three or four times a year. If you're in the West, you, you only get to play him twice. But you know that when he's coming in, that the coach is going to be game planning around him the most. And it, that's kind of what happens when the guy's are put on notice, right? That's that's one of the the main factors. And I think that's a really cool thing because you never really would have thought about that for a guy like Pascal Siakam when he was when he was running the bench mob even, you know, two and a half years ago kind of thing, which is crazy to think about. Uh the one thing that doesn't surprise me though is is the media vote kind of being as low as it was. And even then he was fourth in the media vote. So I think they said that he he was on 50 of 100 ballots for the media vote which in itself is is a pretty good feat seeing as he did miss 11 games as I mentioned off the top there and that is really where I think people were taking votes away from him just because of the time that he's missed and then the little bit of a slump that he's had since coming back it wasn't exactly the best timing for a guy like Pascal Siakam to to miss those 11 games that he did miss um and and then end up you know, coming back and, and slumping just a little bit, just a little bit, not horrible. But then obviously he did get selected and the next day 
<laughs> in against the New York Knicks. He had a he had a pretty solid game. It wasn't great, but it was it was a pretty solid game. Obviously, with the big dagger three there at the end, and you know going past Marcus Morris and slamming it home late in the game. He was big late. Not a great game the whole time. But you know what? I think the biggest thing is is that he deserves to be there. And the furthest that you really have to look is is where the Toronto Raptors are in the standings. They're tied for second in the Eastern Conference behind the Milwaukee Bucks and tied with the Miami Heat, which is by far above expectations that we we had for this team coming into the year just because obviously we know that they lost Kawhi Leonard and and Danny Green and Pascal Siakam was kind of given the reins on this and nobody knew what was going to come of that but we see it now they have the second best defense in the league which is amazing it's outstanding and a lot of that you know despite Kawhi, Kawhi sorry despite Pascal Siakam maybe slipping a little bit on the defensive end this year in terms of uh, on ball or or you know one-on-one defense just because of the load that he has on the offensive end he's still a really good team defender you know they they call them team defenders because maybe they're good on the the weak side block or or helping and and coming in for a double team or or reading plays and getting tips on balls and all that kind of stuff and usually that that kind of stuff doesn't get recognized when it comes to an all-star vote because a lot of the times fans and and people like the gaudy stats but he's also bringing those like I mentioned right like the 23 and a half points the the eight rebounds He's doing it on both ends of the floor, which is a really big combination in this day and age. If you're just on the offensive side, like we see with a guy like Trey Young, who obviously did get voted in as a starter, you're you're likely to be voted in. But if you're just on the defensive end, like a like a Gobert, who obviously does it on both ends, or like a Pat Bev, you don't get recognized as heavily for being that two-way player or or that defensive stopper. Just because it's not flashy, it's not sexy. You're not seeing it every single night on House of Highlights or or Bleacher Report. But with Pascal Siakam, he is doing he's doing both. He's doing it all. He really is. And you know, he's not necessarily the the anchor defensively because we've got guys like Gasol, we've got guys like Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, who are who are really good defenders with themselves. But with the amount that Siakam plays, you have to look at it and say he is a really big part of that really good defense as well and he should be given credit for a lot of it and with that 31 and 14 record the Raptors have had a lot of injuries that's been a huge theme on this podcast on any Raptors related writing or podcasting or videos that you see all year long it's been all about injuries here injuries there Kyle Lowry going down Gasol going down Ibaka going down Powell Siakam like we mentioned Van Fleet missing a few games here and there the big story of this Raptor season has been injuries and how that how they've dealt with them. And the biggest part of them dealing with the injuries and having such a good record without their, you know, two of their most important guys is how the how the Raptors managed to go 9 and 2 when Kyle Lowry went down. And Lowry is if not the most important player on the Raptors, he's number 2 for sure and he's a close second. I would even say that it's probably between 1A and 1B you know, split between Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam. And being able to go 9-2, and two, they're pretty much led by Siakam, averaging 24 points, just under 8, rebra- under eight rebounds, just under 4.5 assists, 1.2 blocks, 1 steal, over 37% from 3, in 38 minutes played. That's the type of 
all-star stuff, superstar stuff that happens. When your second best guy or your second most important guy goes down, you're going to have to be able to step up and and make that step forward and and take on more responsibility and not lose efficiency and not lose your ability to create shots and, and get other people available just because the Kyle Lowry of the team isn't there. And he was able to do that. Obviously, they went 9-2, and two, like I said, and that's just a really... That's a really important thing to look at, you know, in in some of those games without Kyle Lowry, you know, 24 points, 36 points against Portland, 34 against the Atlanta Hawks. You just need to have those games where, yeah, they're not back, but we still need to win. Our season is still going on. And, you know, we've talked about it at length here on this podcast that the Raptors probably aren't going to be sellers anymore at the trade deadline because of how good they've been. There's no way a team second place in the East with a potential chance to get out of the Eastern Conference and into the NBA Finals is going to be a seller. And a big reason of that was that 11-game stretch where Kyle Lowry was out and that 11-game stretch where Pascal Siakam was so dominant. And even if they go 5-6 and six or 6-5, six and five, the season does look different and, and you're not in this number two spot and it, and it does look a little bit more bleak uh, in terms of coming out of the Eastern Conference and making it to the Finals. But that didn't happen, and 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 like I said, that was big part of it was Siakam, but also the rest of the team who who goes in behind Siakam, and then you look at the the stark difference as to when Pascal Siakam went down, and obviously there were other injuries to go along with that. You know, Serge, uh, not Serge, sorry, Marcus All went down uh, in the same game. Norm Powell <laughs> went down in the same game. Yeah, that dreaded Pistons game that that kind of took out all of our players but in in that stretch they went six and five and you know obviously like I mentioned Gasol wasn't there and Siakam and Powell and it was a total of everybody uh the accumulation of players injured wasn't any help but the stark difference between nine and two and six and five really does show how important a guy like Siakam is to a team and and that is really the true sign of a not just a star player but a superstar player. And those are the only guys that start in the all-star games, right? And I do think that the only real argument with Siakam being a starter was the fact that he did miss those 11 games. And and the person that would have come in instead of him would have been Jimmy Butler. And I think the only reason that the outrage really is there is because people feel that Jimmy Butler got snubbed, which isn't necessarily incorrect and maybe just because of the way that the NBA put it with him as a forward instead of a guard which is probably more accurate as to how how he is in that Miami Heat system but that's that's a whole different that's a whole different point that's a whole different argument you know it's hard to say that Jimmy Butler deserves it more than Pascal Siakam because it's not like he's played 15 games more than Siakam it's not like he's played 20 games 10 games more than Siakam it's it's really only five games that that he's played over Pascal Siakam. Jimmy Butler's only 39 games, uh, and Pascal Siakam's at 34. It's If that's your only argument, it's not strong enough to me to really make the case that, yeah, you know, I'm going to get really upset because Jimmy Butler's not here and Pascal Siakam is. Five games isn't that important, and I think when you look at it, who has the bigger role on their team? I I don't know. I think it's I think it's pretty damn close. Who had higher expectations coming into the season? I think the Miami Heat were looked at as 
maybe not one not not as good as they have been and one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference but when looking at a lot of people's projections coming into this season they had the Miami Heat up up pretty high in the standings relative to what the Raptors were and you look at the national media and how they portrayed the Raptors coming into this year it was it was a big drop off of you know where they were last year and what they have become this year and I know a lot of people don't like to compare you know, just the basic stats when when you're looking at two two players like Pascal and Jimmy Butler, but the points, Pascal has the upper hand. The rebounds, Pascal has the upper hand by by a little bit. And then in the assist margin, just because of the way that Jimmy Butler plays and, and his position compared to what Pascal Siakam is, he's got more assists. But Pascal's got a better field goal percentage, better three-point percentage. To me, he is a better player in terms of what the game is now right he's a he's more of a stretch four you know sometimes if he's playing the three he's a perfect player for that position a perfect stretch four as well he can be a really small ball stretch five in this day and age and and Jimmy Butler on the other hand yes he's a really good playmaker and he's a really good player on the offensive and defensive end but I just think there are limitations to Jimmy Butler's game that Pascal Siakam doesn't necessarily have. And that's not saying that Pascal Siakam doesn't have his very own limitations, which he very much does. And, you know, whether that's getting to the hoop or or drawing fouls and all that kind of stuff, there's just some things that Pascal Siakam doesn't do as well as a Jimmy Butler. But you have to give credit where credit is due for Pascal Siakam and and Jimmy Butler, for that matter. Uh, The one thing that I do think did play a a factor into the Jimmy Butler not making it as a as an all-star starter is the fact that he probably has burnt some bridges along the way in his career in terms of what he did in Chicago, what he did in Minnesota, getting out of those situations. Obviously, Philadelphia last season, nothing has really come out publicly about it, but you do know that something was stirring the pot a little bit under the water when it came to his relationship with probably Ben Simmons. And with, with that being said, I mean, it's it's important to think about what these guys mean to their peers. And you look at Pascal Siakam, and it really does seem like there's only love there. He's got He got a lot of love from Joel Embiid, like I mentioned, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Obviously, everyone on his team was giving him love. But you, when you see it from the guys who, who are at that top level, and they're recognizing Pascal Siakam as, as an all-star starter and saying he deserves it, then... You can't really go wrong with the pick, in my opinion. And, and you know, speaking of uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo there, to me, a, a fun storyline to follow and one that will probably get very tiring up until, up until the All-Star game is going to be looking at whether or not Giannis picks Pascal Siakam as as one of his teammates because we do know the whole Giannis Antetokounmpo to Toronto we know the whole African heritage stuff that's come up with Masai Ujiri and Giannis and obviously Pascal is a big part of that we heard Joel Embiid saying he's happy that he wants to be you know in the game with Pascal Siakam and Giannis and how cool it is to have all those guys there and obviously Giannis saying how happy he is to be there with Embiid and Pascal and I think it truly will stir the pot even more on those Giannis to Toronto rumors and if he does get picked by Giannis it'll be one of those things like this is insane he's 100% coming to Toronto especially especially if Pascal's picked exceptionally high if he's picked in the top 
five, I would even say, those are going to bring up the rumors. Those are going to be the things that really get the wheels turning. And and when you look at that, it's going to be really, really fun for Raptors media to cover and, and Raptors fans to think about and oogle at and, and look at as a potential pairing, <laughs> if, if you want to say that, in the city. So that'll be it. Those are my two cents on the Pascal Siakam all-star starter selection obviously a really cool thing for Raptors fans for Pascal himself for his family Um, obviously he mentioned how much he wishes his dad was here and I think that would be a really cool moment for him to to share And, and I don't think there's a better place to really celebrate I'm sure he did a lot of it after hearing about his all-star selection then in New York where he was over this weekend as the Raptors played the Knicks on Friday night so you know what congrats Pascal I'm sure all Raptors fans are really happy for him Uh, I'm sure you'd be a sicko if you weren't Uh, so yeah Pascal he's obviously got one of the best stories in the in the NBA basically you know not playing basketball until he was like 16 17 and then becoming you know one of the best players in the NBA and probably looking to to get even better as his career goes on. So after after the break, I'll be back to talk about last week's games really quickly and then look forward ahead to next week. And we're back. The Toronto Raptors had a total of four games since our last podcast. Timberwolves, Hawks, Sixers, and Knicks. They went 4-0 and against all of those teams. Now they're on a six-game winning streak. They're looking really, really good. Uh, coming into this next week of pretty, pretty easy games, I must say. I think the best game of the week was probably the 76ers game. That was the one that I was looking forward to the most just because, you know, it's always a good matchup. No matter, you know, obviously Joel Embiid was out. Josh Richardson left the game early in that one with his uh, his knee there getting injured and it it was just a good matchup overall. It's always a fun experience there. The at home against the Sixers, there's always a little bit of bad blood with how how the seven game series went on, and so that was the one that I was looking most forward to. Obviously, the Knicks one was fun because it was a late game in Madison Square Garden. The Garden always gets loud, even if they're how even if the team is just horrible like the Knicks have been this year. The the fans get really loud late in games if it's a tight one. We saw Pascal hit a hit a couple daggers there with the dunk and then the the late three uh, kind of broke out of his slump. So I'm gonna say the New York Knicks game was my favorite. The crowd was awesome. Pascal Siakam getting back into it was really fun as well. And it's another four game week before our next podcast. The Raptors are at the San Antonio Spurs on Sunday night. Uh, they're gonna be facing Demar Derozan there. In Tuesday, they're going to be in Toronto against the Hawks. And then Thursday, Friday, they have a back-to-back at Cleveland and at Detroit. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say they have another 4-0 and week. Pascal Siakam's probably fired up about his all-star selection. Kyle Lowry's been really hot. He's looking to keep it going and looking to get on the starters' reserves. The game that I'm looking the most forward to is... Oh, this one is a bit, this is a bit of a tough one. Um, but I'll say the Spurs. I think the Spurs right now, they're really playing for something big. The Cavs aren't, the Pistons aren't, the Hawks. We already know they're not going to make the playoffs this early in the season. So I'm going to go with the San Antonio Spurs uh, just because obviously you always love seeing the Raps play DeMar DeRozan. It's an afternoon game, which is kind of interesting. You know, they're not going to be competing against too much football at that 4 p.m. time slot. 
And, you know, overall, I just think it's going to be the best competition for the Raps. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Raptors Rapture podcast. This one obviously was a solo podcast. As always, please make sure to rate and review the show. Go to raptorsrapture.com daily. We have stuff after every single game, takeaways, grades. We have pregame stuff to get you ready for this next game. And just just come in and, and say what's up on Twitter. Follow us at Raptors Rapture. Follow me at H underscore surplus. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, go Raptors. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.